0: Is there some reason why you're here? Curiosity, I guess. About what? How to improve your breaststroke? No, actually, I was curious about how you see things working out for you and Sam and Susie. Excuse me? Three of you gonna go down to the Caribbean together and live happily ever after? Because, see, the thing about it is that threesomes rarely work out. You're out of your mind. I mean, it's hard enough for one person to keep a secret, let alone three. Especially when two of them are in love. You and Sam don't really want that little pill head around now that you have the money, do you? Am I right? Sam sell you on the idea right up front of Whack and Susie? Hey! That's murder, kid. Police, God, get a life. You're good, you know that? But you don't think that little freak Susie's gonna hold up, do you? That one, you cheap dime store hood. Andy! You goody. Hello everyone and welcome to another installment of the greatest moments in the history of forever. I'm Zach. And I'm Matt. And this is episode number 68, Wild Things. Nothing from me on this one. <laughs> so, pretty much like every other episode. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I just don't want to start, I always start out with like, so, I don't know why that's my like, go-to move. Well, also, you know that I like to take care of the business. That's true, before yeah. Before we jump in. I don't want to like, step on anything. I know you always have, there's a plan that you go over with me, and then I think there's like, a secret plan too, that hasn't been revealed. There's never a secret plan. <laughs> okay. Um yeah i've listened to the poltergeist episode at least three times now and your approach to the episode was very like scattershot you're like all you were jumping all over that plot yeah well that's me yeah (laughs) and i was like well first let's say you steer the ship follow the show on twitter (laughs) i try to crash the ship (laughs) (laughs) like right now uh follow the show on twitter at greatest pod we appreciate all of the listener requests we've received thus far we have a Pretty good number for us, I think, to keep us busy oh, for a I, while. Yeah, I mean, I'm stressed about it. Um, I think it's important, though, that we make uh, the announcement right now that the open invitation to submit the requests. We'll say the request window is open right now, but it's going to slam, slam shut. <laughs> <laughs> that window is going to slam shut uh, at midnight on Monday September 18th so hopefully we don't know exactly when we're gonna post this episode hopefully by tomorrow tomorrow <laughs> which is September 11th uh, yeah we have to post an episode on the September 11th of course <laughs> this is our 9/11 tribute episode yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah you have all you have basically all week and then all the way through Monday the 18th to get your submissions in and then we're going to cut it off for now i do think we're going to have potentially i mean i can't make any promises about how much longer we're going to do this shit but like you know i wouldn't rule out the the possibility of a second go-round for everyone but it's going to take us a while to get through these i think maybe going forward within a calendar year there will be two listener request windows the (laughs) summer window and the winter window (laughs) yeah you know, if, if you if you think of something else, I mean, right now we're limiting it to one per person. So if you've already given us your request, that's great. You're we have good ev- job by you. It's been noted, and unless you've heard from us, it's tentatively approved. Right, Although it's on a list somewhere. It's potentially, you know, we have to still investigate how to get some of these things. <laughs> yeah. But, um, but yeah. So if you haven't yet, you have until uh, midnight on Monday night, next Monday, the 18th. And then, you know, we'll see how it goes and how long it takes us to get through all these. Because we're not going to, you know, I think I've been over this point every single time. But we're still going to be doing, like, our own list that we've been working off of. Plus, we're going to try to insert some of yours. So it's going to take us a while. And as mentioned plenty of times as well, yeah. we're going to take October for ourselves. <laughs> <laughs> you know how we've taken every other month th- of this podcast so far People can't ourselves. get enough of the schedule <laughs> explaining. Yeah. <laughs> I just want to be clear. I we don't want to piss anybody off. I sure, mean, let's yeah. be honest. I feel like I was pretty clear on what we needed to do for the listener requests, and then we were still getting TV requests, and yeah, yeah, things were complicated. All right, well, uh, yeah, let's I not feel like it really needs to be yeah, driven home what's happening. Right. I guarantee you we will get a request after the 18th. Well, <laughs> I know we've got some new subscribers from the Poltergeist episode, so for those of you who don't know you can get a listener request (laughs) yes until midnight monday september 18th all right that's all we're gonna say about it please subscribe follow the show on twitter now let's talk about this masterpiece (laughs) this movie called wild things uh 1998 pretty big year for me um i would have been 14 turning 15 at the end of that year Pretty exciting stuff. A lot of puberty, Very, like going on titillating time Certainly. in both your life and pop culture in general. One thing that right in the midst of those Monday Night Wars, right? <laughs> oh, God, people really love when we do those wrestling episodes. <laughs> um, one thing that jumped out at me upon our recent rewatch of Wild Things is yeah. how. Much of a relic from another time, this movie seems well, yeah, but also how it seems. I thought about this like as soon as I started watching it too. When you think about this movie being like 1998, and then you think about movies that came out in like 1992, 93, it's shocking that this came out in the same decade. Just like the look of it, like the difference from stuff from 1990, 91 to 1998, like the actual how it looks. Is an insane jump, yeah, I mean, I think, um, I don't know if you're referring to the cinematography, like the cameras and everything used, just how vivid everything looks, yeah, a lot of bold colors in this it definitely this is more like reminiscent of the nineties to me, and then like probably films from like about ninety to ninety two even into ninety three still feel like the eighties, yeah, in terms of like a visual right kind of tone but um, a lot of score that makes you think of the 90s too. I mean, I think at one point there's a Third Eye Blind song that plays for like 15 seconds. <laughs> it's like so quick, but the other thing that jumped out at me though mostly was how this kind of film just would not exist in 2017 at all. Oh, no. And not just because of the subject matter oh. or even necessarily like the the sex and the nudity or anything. It's just I mean, who is this movie for? Like, what demographic is this movie for? Everything now... And this was, like, a big hit. I mean, this made a lot of money. The demographic is people that want to see an iconic threesome scene. (laughs) Yeah, but, Which I think that demographic still exists. I don't know. (laughs) It's definitely, like, a neutered culture now. We're not allowed to, like, you know... These kind of erotic thrillers. <laughs> <laughs> there were a lot of erotic thrillers in the '80s and '90s, That's and true. pretty much yeah. none now. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I don't know. Maybe Tulip Fever was an erotic f- thriller, and that you know opened in like five theaters and made no money and got a four percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Oh, Although great. Alicia Vikander and Cara Delevingne, whatever her name is, the British oh. chick from Paper Towns, both are super nude in it. Having sex, I but didn't like, even know about this movie? Yeah, I mean, it's opened right now, but like, oh. it got like terrible really reviews like and nobody Fandango. wanted to see it. Where can I see this? <laughs> yeah, you're like, you've already like taken your headphones off and <laughs> like, um, but what my point is though that like, it just seems not. I have no idea if Tulip Fever even is remotely like this. Probably not. Actually, I don't think it's even. Is there anything like this? No, but. What I'm saying is just this idea that like R-rated movies that aren't like specific like have a specific target audience and are very like almost everything now is so like demo focused. Yeah, it's like well it has to be part of something. Like it's a remake, it's a oh, that's sequel, true. it's a prequel. Do you think it's... we could get like a Wild Things reboot? Now they did make 3 sequels. <laughs> That were straight to video. So it is a franchise. I've definitely seen two of the sequels. There's a I Wild can't Things can't ride at Universal Studios. <laughs> I can't right. remember like which of the sequels I've seen. Yeah, because there's three. Well, isn't that? It's kind of like Cruel Intentions, too. Yeah, that has some. That might only have one. Oh, sequel, just the one. But I'm maybe. Not sure. All right. But yeah, there. But like th- movies that the... don't really seem like they need a sequel. <laughs> I know the fourth installment of wild things was called wild things foursome (laughs) so pretty going right for it okay so this was directed by john mcnaughton came out in that yeah that's right john mcnaughton another one of his hits (laughs) the only thing that i can really think of that he directed was like henry portrait of a serial killer um (laughs) so pretty fun i know why you're familiar with that movie (laughs) because it's based on my life yeah (laughs) we for the purposes of this show we uh reviewed or watched the unrated version which you know oftentimes really isn't any different from the theatrical but there are actually some plot points that are added to this that are kind Sex of Sex Drive comes to mind as Oof. one where the unrated version is different yeah and it's just <laughs> yeah. a stupid unwatchable thing right not like this movie, which is very watchable. <laughs> I could watch this movie pretty much every day yeah. <laughs> for the rest of my life, and pr- I think I'd be pretty locked in on it every time. <laughs> uh, caught up in the plot twist. We're in the Miami area. Not really urban Miami, oh. but we're in the Miami area which of Florida. Which you wouldn't know it from like the opening credit sequence where they show like the swamps kind of, you know? Like whatever i feel like this was a 90s movies thing and i'm probably wrong about that and i don't have like a great memory or something but those whole those whatever those boats are with the giant fan propellers on the back of them (laughs) and this movie like opens with them and i was just like it seems like those were in the 90s a lot but i don't know has anyone ever met someone who owned one of these and operated one of these or actually Rode on one of these devices ever? I would assume they still exist, but I've never really <laughs> given it much thought. All right. Okay. So much to uh, Matt's chagrin. After doing the Outsiders episode, we are doing another Matt Dillon feature. Oh. Uh, he plays high school guidance counselor Sam Lombardo, trying to do right, teacher. <laughs> yeah, that's another thing in these types of movies that deal with like high school or that kind of age demographic they always have the guidance counselor much more prominent in the students lives than i could not i couldn't tell you who my guidance counselor was oh high i know i have no clue
1: yeah i, I know was... there
0: was one but i i don't know i didn't know his name or her name i don't remember anything about them at all i don't recall ever interacting with them in any kind of way yeah that's true i do think um i mean he's teaching their guidance counselor seems to be teaching sex ed or or something. He has like a nice office too with all sorts of things. Well, I assume that's you? probably accurate. I mean a bunch yeah, of fake jobs for right <laughs> fake people. <laughs> um but yeah, I mean he's like he seems to be introducing these police officers who are gonna talk about rape or sex crimes or something and Oh yeah, before even anything has happened in town. Yeah, I mean it's just it's a weird little Precursor to the events of the film, right? I I don't know. It's kind of a needless part, but (laughs) we're here to talk about rape, kids. (laughs) Yeah, and it just so happens that one of the students of moments in the history of forever, (laughs) Kelly Van Ryan, played by the lovely Denise Richards, uh, accuses Lombardo of rape following a situation. So you're kind of following like the Wikipedia plot thing. What do you mean? So when I looked at the Wikipedia plot, it kind of starts off with this first. But I there's like a half hour of the movie before that. I don't think there's a half hour. Yeah, right. Like Well what part are you talking about? Okay, so Well I was gonna say that she goes over with her friend to okay, wash the car. Right. Um what, what part of are we leaving well, out? I'm just thinking about like A when he first drops her off and like the mom is upstairs just like with an open robe bikini on <laughs> <laughs> like well her mother sandra van ryan is quite a quite a character it's quite a whole deal that she's got going on there yeah i mean i kind of in all honesty i was kind of just like annoyed with her mother like yeah. I, I thought that that character was kind of overly fake well yeah to the point of just <laughs> well, not she has even like being remotely believable in a living kind of bodyguard slash pool guy you know what i mean that bangs her but is also like some sort of i don't know physical presence that she can send around to intimidate people as well yeah that was i mean that was the whole thing because do you think she pays that guy i mean i guess but kelly's like well which one of your you know hired hands is that and she's just and her mom's like whichever one i want or whatever And it's just like ew it it, it just seemed so cheesy and not real and Granted, I mean, a whole part of this film is this heightened reality and people are doing and saying and acting in ways that just aren't real at all. But like, there was just something that just seems so generic and uncreative about that character to me. But it is implied that uh, Matt Dillon did hook up with her once in the past, right? Yeah, that's a big part of the... Which plays into it, yeah. I think the underlying idea here is that they're going to... When they go through this rape accusation thing, and it turns out to not be the case, and it's all this kind of made-up story by Kelly and then this other girl, Susie, played by Dev Campbell, who comes from the wrong side of the tracks, (laughs) (laughs) but I think the idea is the motivation for Kelly's character in this scheme that they've come up with, because I mean, spoiler alert, they're all in on this. Oh, I didn't know you were going to give that away. Well, to that point, because that's revealed pretty early. But the three of them uh, Lombardo, Kelly, and Susie, and part of the idea then is the the accusations. Like whenever it's shown to be not true, which is you know part of their scheme, they they need to have like motivation for each of one of the girls to accuse Lombardo. And Kelly's motivation, I think, the underlying idea is that Lombardo had an affair with. Kelly's mother Sandra and that caused her father to commit suicide. Oh, I didn't put that together. They never together. say right. that. But I think that's what they're prete- they're going on that. Like yeah. that that that's like what they're implying cuz they say it's an affair. Yeah. They don't act like it's in a re- a relationship. Well, the only reason I wanted to bring it up is because that first part where you get an introduction to Kelly's mom just rocking the bikini being like, "What's up, Mr. Lombardo? You want to come in?" And he's like, nah, I'm good. But I like that it plays into whenever she goes to tell her mom that she was raped. And it goes into that whole conversation where Kelly's like, she starts by saying, I miss dad. And she, <laughs> her mom's like, well, I miss him too sometimes. <laughs> it's like right after she was just done, like banging this like muscle dude and is just like obviously living this life where she can just do like whatever so i think obviously you're supposed to take out of it that you know that guy the husband's life wasn't like going great with all this yeah, shit probably not they never really there is like a whole history to the characters in the in this film and we'll see it more also with Susie's character and her relationship with the local police but there's this whole history that exists within the film wild things that is only ever really hinted at right And nothing has ever come out and outright said except for Kelly's father committed suicide and she may have gone a little crazy from it. But you're not even sure if that's true. But she's like, well, you know, he didn't have to go, like, commit suicide. (laughs) Kelly and her friend, in part of some sort of school fundraising activity or washing cars, and I mean, it's completely absurd. I mean, both of these girls have, like, enormous fake breasts and they're getting themselves wet <laughs> they're like they're wearing 28 white, yeah they're wearing white t-shirts you know soaking each other i mean it's it's a scene just the two of them going over to the guidance counselor's house to wash his car in bikinis basically it's an absurd idea that they even know even where the, their guidance counselor lives well <laughs> yeah but even in this movie they do at least address that it's a little bit absurd yeah but not enough to not let it happen it's Kind of bizarre when you put it all together that you know, once it's revealed that the rape accusations aren't true, because Kelly comes stumbling out of his house. I mean, her friend leaves and goes on to the now, next stop. Shockingly, the friend never involved in uh, the judicial process going forward because she's well, presumably that part was left out of the film, but well, because we only see the main witnesses, I know, but she knows that there was a scheme here because not necessarily no they have like a little conversation like she's like all right i'm gonna get out of here so you can like make your move she doesn't know like the full details of the scheme but she knows that denise richards is gonna go in and put like the full court press on yeah that's fair but i mean it's her friend so she's not gonna yeah if she thinks if she thinks that something went wrong and this guy actually raped her friend. I mean, I don't know. She's not important to the narrative. But maybe we never her see testimony her would be like, well, she was asking for it. <laughs> All right, we are wasting All precious right. time on a character that literally is only on screen for three seconds. Okay. So it becomes kind of this strange thing because Kelly with her mother and her mother's lawyer f- file a formal complaint against Lombardo with like the local PD, except... They don't really seem keen to act on it right away. The police. Yeah, they're kind of like... The mom and her lawyer are like gung-ho. Well, yeah, but I mean, once they file this complaint, Lombardo's not even not arrested. He isn't even brought in to give a statement. Nothing happens because we kind of get the idea that the two main cops, and it seems like in this part of wherever they are, what do they call it? Blue Bay? Oh, yeah blue bay that they only have two cops some miami suburb that's loaded with rich people but only two police officers because kevin bacon who plays uh officer duquette and then his partner who i'm not even sure (laughs) do they even ever say her name i think her name is gloria um they don't buy they they kind of doubt kelly van ryan's story right off the bat which is weird that is odd yeah there's no way that would happen now no no and they kind of let news work its way to Lombardo as he's still a free man. Like he kind of is at, still like going teaching about at his the school. Yeah, I mean he's still going, going about his daily life, and then it's like you know people have to tell him that Kelly Van Ryan's accusing him of rape, and he's just like, don't we kind of jump to like he him already knowing too? Well, he's he's teaching that sailing class, and everyone else in his sailing class didn't show up this time except for that one kid who's like. Uh he's kind of like obsessed a protege with or something yeah. and that's when the other i guess like the principal or whoever that guy is right is waiting at the thing and he tells him and he's like yeah that's what i that's what he t- that's what they tell me or something and So oh, it's yeah, like, yeah, yeah he's been informed but right. he's basically acting like he's found about he's heard he's heard about it through the grapevine yeah, yeah. that this is happening now what i was going to say was kelly and her friend are at his house her friend leaves she goes into the house we see the beginning of that scene where she's kind of soaking wet, right. standing in his doorway, acting kind of like sexy, like, oh, you know. <laughs> and then it cuts to her walking out of his house, like. Her acting sh- her sexy by are, just like, existing. Her, like her clothes are like ripped up and she's like all disheveled or whatever. Yeah. So in other words, w- once we find out that this was all a scheme, they had to put together the idea of her leaving his house Even looking though fucked up. we would be the only ones that would see it cuz by the time she gets to her mom she doesn't does she, are her clothes like messed up no because it's not like in that moment somebody on the street is like hey what's wrong and then that's when it all you know comes out it's like we don't even hear that this whole story until she then tearfully tells her mom about it so yeah right. i mean there are a lot of things i will say this now and we'll we'll try to like circle back to them later once more things are revealed but there are definitely a lot of scenes in this which seem to be only for the audience's yeah. <laughs> confusion later. <laughs> you know what I mean? like Yeah, like why? I definitely made that comment with uh, something that happened on this past season's Game of Thrones that I didn't particularly understand why they did it that way. And I was like, well, the whole point of it seemed to be just to trick the audience. Right. Which There are definitely scenes in this which seem to be only to trick the audience and serve no other purpose. Yeah, but which is fun. Unless they thought, well, see that's the thing like we we were talking about the trial and how the one friend didn't seem to be testifying or whatever but we don't we don't see most of the trial so it's possible that they were thinking well we can get eyewitnesses saying yeah that she walked out of the house but like did they need the story to be that strong because the whole idea know. was to reveal okay yeah um so Susie, played well, by nev campbell she's uh she lives in like a trailer park with like some gator wrangler people and it's like real like backwoods. And you're like Florida trash Miami. When I think of Miami, I just think about like the clubs and, you know, everyone being in good shape. Pitbull music videos. Yeah. And that's everyone's lives. No, it turns out that there's some sort of weird People hanging out with no teeth, wrestling alligators. Yeah, I mean, there's shitty, gross people everywhere. Well, yeah. That's the lesson of this film. Uh, Sam gets a... Okay, so then Susie calls Duquette and Gloria out, and she then accuses Lombardo of rape, which is then what finally leads to Lombardo's arrest. They have two students at the high school claiming that he raped them. At that point, I guess they're like, well... God damn it! Now we don't have a choice. <laughs> we got to arrest. <laughs> Maybe this there's guy. something here. Uh, Lombardo finally gets himself a lawyer, Kenneth Bowden, played by Bill Murray. Yeah, of one all of the people. most shocking things ever that he's in this movie. Well, yeah, this scene, this was in that weird transitional time for Bill Murray Will before he things, became like the indie. I know, kind of darling. Before that, even though it's like you hear these things about him that like he's very like he'll read a script and be like oh yeah i'm not into this like this isn't good it seems weird that this came across his desk and was like i have to do this movie well now I mean, his character is great in it it's hard to say you know why people do things or sometimes what the, it's what just the real paycheck, story right? is yeah. you know i mean he may have needed money owed a favor maybe <laughs> <laughs> but yeah i mean it's kind of a bizarre casting thing and or casting decision, and it kind of it adds like a certain like comedic element to the film that would you lack would, there otherwise. Well, kind of. I guess it kind of works as like com- uh like comic relief because obviously, y- you know, even in like the kind of casual days of ninety eight, oh, like yeah. the subject matter could potentially it's seem pretty dark, little, right? Yeah, I mean, we're talking about two high school girls saying they were raped at that point. Uh, in that point of the film, when Murray is first introduces this uh kind of sal good Saul goodman yeah it very much is that feel yeah like at that point it's kind of like well we don't know what the story is so for all we know they could be telling the truth this could be like kind of a dark movie yeah although i think although we've already heard a third eye blind song so we feel (laughs) like there's gonna be more party to come i think yeah well I, I would say that this also was probably a product of the times when movies would kind of have like these reputations that would precede it, yeah, a little bit. And like, I think most people probably like understood what they were getting, getting. into. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I think the main uh, threesome scene was like uh, well documented. Yeah, I before. think everybody knew that that was coming ahead of time, and it kind of earned its reputation. Kind of like how, like the dick scene at the end of Boogie Nights or something, or. Uh, Swordfish. I remember when Halle Berry was going to be in Swordfish. That <laughs> well, <yeah. was> like <laughs> I think everybody knew that her boobs were going to be in yeah, that yeah. one <laughs> gratuitous nude shot. It, it, it factored into the box office numbers. <laughs> well, yeah, I certainly saw it for that reason. Oh, well, me too. Um, I mean, there's kind of like a lot of uh, details that we can kind of just rush past here. I mean, Robert Wagner plays like Sandra Van Ryan's lawyer and i mean his whole role in it i don't really understand but he's just kind (laughs) of present with the family i guess the kind of like the family lawyer but he doesn't he's not involved in this case really well no because this is being prosecuted by the the, state the district attorney guy who i'm not really sure who that actor is but he's kind of funny um but like yeah like so the van ryans kind of show up together in court and then like the there's like a local news coverage and it's kind of being made into this sensational tabloid-esque type situation and the the local news reporter uh, when she's like introducing... I, I don't know how to... Like, she's describing the scene and then like Susie pulls up with like her trailer trash entourage <laughs> and she's just like, the girl from the wrong side of the track, Susie toller It's It's just, just like... publicly what, what, dressing her down. Yeah, what kind of news show is this? Because <laughs> I mean... It isn't a murder, so I doubt that there'd be national coverage of this. So this is like a local news story. So we have some local reporter editorializing <laughs> like that on the steps of the courtroom. But it's at trial where under cross examination from Bowden, Susie admits the Just whole thing. Unbelievable cross examination really from this, you know, two bit lawyer. We already addressed why or what uh Kelly's motivation made, may have or was supposedly going to be but Susie's motivation for revenge was for not bailing her out when she got busted just so happens she was busted for drugs by officer ray duquette a little overreactive maybe i mean come well, on i don't understand this whole this is like me out of a in a movie with like all these crazy like plot twists and weird kind of things happening like this is one of the things that didn't necessarily ring true for me i didn't understand what lombardo was supposed to do because she ends up the whole thing is well she he didn't bail her out and she ends up going to prison for six months it's like well wouldn't she go to prison anyway i can't wait I don't to understand. get to what, the what end of, of I, what, what if if, this because i would this we need to spin this back around yeah. what would bailing her out of this you know what I mean? She still would have had to have gone to a trial or something. It's I, not like oh, yeah, calling him and him answering what is going to somehow do? prevent that. I, 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 I don't the, know what was happening there. But I mean, talk about weak motivations. I mean, if these girls could have stuck to their story, which, as we find out, they weren't going to. But if they could have stuck to their story, this dude could have gone down so easily. I mean, well, mo- I think we're. <laughs> I think we're jump. We're we're skipping over maybe one of the most important things was right. the thing that convinces the cops that fools them is that both girls claim that Lombardo said something while he was raping them. Oh yeah. Ain't no little girl gonna make me come. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, I love how that's what they thought like I know right, they came need, up with that. We need to have like a signature thing that's going to like link the two and prove that we're because right. the whole idea is well, Susie and have Kelly any are DNA not evidence. yeah, and so you have two girls that aren't in the same social circle, probably don't like each other, don't interact at all. Both claiming this, and then they have this one connecting thing that <laughs> seems that's very specific, yeah. And I mean, yeah, if that was if this was a true thing, that would be like, oh yeah, that's that's insane. Where would you come up with that? <laughs> yeah. Of course. But the fact that like they work this out together, it's that's what's mind boggling. It's like where did they come up with that? Well that yeah, I mean that's the piece that and gets who looks it at either because... of those girls and thinks little girl, I mean Nev Campbell I think was twenty five and Denise Richards was twenty seven. I don't I don't know what are we supposed to think there. Yeah. <laughs> little girls. Um <laughs> <I don't know. laughs> so obviously the, the case gets dismissed. Lombardo is innocent. The whole thing comes together because Kelly's mother Sandra is rich, and obviously, more than anything else, wants to avoid public humiliation and scandal. Well, and plus, it seems like she's got her own vendetta against Matt Dillon. I mean, part of it does seem like. Well, I'm talking about when it's over, the, right? The, the thing's over, and now they got to figure out what to do because, yeah, Lombardo has uh, like a an airtight. Lawsuit now against the two girls, and when one of the parties is rich, that usually falls on one person. Well, can we backtrack for a second there? especially since the what? whole thing part of the trial part of Susie's revelation is that this was kelly's idea well in in court, what causes Susie to crack? I know you were talking about the cross examination, but what point of it makes her be like, All right, I'm lying." <laughs> I don't know. I guess because Bowden points out that the, he was her friend. The day that she claims to have been raped happened before various points. where oh, she, she called him for help. Yeah. when she got like busted by the Which cops, makes little sense, right? <sighs> I feel like she I still could have kept the lie going, but yeah, if if that was what if they she wanted, wanted to, yeah. It, but, but yeah, I mean, I think obviously in our more um, sensitive culture people would say that her in other words if someone was writing the script now people would say you know no that's not that that doesn't prove anything yeah that her doing that she's a victim she's under his control spell whatever and that doesn't prove that she wasn't her acting a certain way later which you know may well be true but in in this film when the idea is that she is going to crack and reveal the whole thing because they want to give Lombardo this chance to have the airtight lawsuit so that they can all split the money. That is all they needed. I don't know. And I mean, who knows? This is tough. The level of like Bowden being involved, the lawyer, we don't know. And it's even at the end of the film, you're not even a hundred percent sure, but you know, I mean, this all seems to have been worked out surreptitiously but the audience is like left out of enough so that we have to keep guessing at what's happening. Yes, yes. So, obviously they settle this lawsuit it ends up being for 8.5 million. And then in right, reality Pretty good payout. It turns out that the 3 of them are in on the whole thing together and concocted the plan to get money away from Kelly's rich family. This is <laughs> Which, all revealed you know, to us is her she is a part of the family. Well, she couldn't touch the fund until her mother died, which I've never heard of that. I've heard of like when she turns a certain age, but the whole thing. Yeah, because the whole thing. it It said it was set up in a trust for her. And they throw it in your face that that's the money that he's getting. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like she actually has to come out and say, oh, well, now I don't have my trust anymore because the money that was in that we've now given to you. Yeah, I mean they they make sure to have like a public spectacle whenever right. Lombardo comes back she to the smashes, school to like, like clear out his office. Whatever that is. I don't even know. Well, Trophy she just, for like, guidance counselor of the year? Well, she just bumped. she like runs at him and he it, it was in a box that he was carrying and it falls out. Yeah. So the whole thing is kind of revealed to us in a scene where Lombardo is now staying at a motel. I guess he had been staying there during the trial and and before he was arrested and everything because his house was being like vandalized and he was paranoid and all this stuff yeah and he comes into his room uh at night i guess this is when he's quits the school because he's got this money and he <laughs> he makes it a point to say the whole point of that public spectacle then was to I think just so he could say to that principal guy or whoever that was, like, look, see, I couldn't come back even if I wanted to. Uh That's what he says, Right. Basically, like, look, this all happened. It's unfortunate. It's not my fault because I didn't really do it. But there's a lot of weirdness now. And by the way, now I have eight and a half million dollars. And I'm a great guy. Because Kelly's the student and even though she lied and did this to me, I'm not holding I'm, it against her. I'm, I'm gonna let her have her high school experience. I'm the one that's gonna leave here and blah blah blah. Yeah, because it isn't in, it's insane that Kelly and Susie lie and and set this up, and nothing legally happens. happens. To them. Yeah. Like there's no like uh perjury or anything. I mean they were right. like, Kelly was stayed under oath the whole time and it wasn't until Susie was under oath that everything fell apart. I mean, it's weird. But I guess that's the powered influence of her family. Yeah. I don't know. They kind of address that, yeah. And so Lombardo comes back to this motel room and it's like he, there's kind of like indication that it's someone's like come into the, ho- like broken into the hotel room. The window's open and then there's like footprints on the floor that are, look muddy. And they look like, that's the funny thing about that is they, they look like huge feet in like <laughs> boots, like like. Someone was wearing giant boots stomping across the floor in mud. And then he looks into the bathroom and sees in the mirror Kelly's face, and she looks pissed. And you're like, oh, shit, now Kelly's Uh here to kill him. Right. And she's got something under a towel, and she comes out. And then, of course, it's a bottle of champagne, and they're celebrating. Now, also, I like the idea that it's like, okay, so it's been revealed to us now that she's in on it. But she had to break into the hotel room? Well... I, they kind of give us the impression there that Lombardo had been saying, don't, we can't be seen together. Oh, right, don't right. come around. Yeah. And so she took it upon herself to sneak in, which obviously Susie did too. Mm-hmm. Now, in the original script, I heard that what is supposed to be underneath the towel was like a giant like dildo or something. Nuh uh. Yeah. Really? <laughs> The original script seemed even more wow. over the top yeah. than this. <laughs> this is like... And he's like, is that for me? And she's like, yep. <laughs> the title of this film is Wild Things, but it should have been called Kinda Wild Things. Yeah. Like, the real Wild Things was in the, original was in the written script. word. <laughs> this is the watered-down version. So, Susie shows up while they're celebrating, and kind of a an intense threesome kind of takes place where yeah you could Lombardo it as takes turns sense. making out with each of them and it isn't until re-watching the film later that you realize that you can pick up on like certain things and watching Susie's reaction to Lombardo making out with Kelly or watching Kelly's reaction to him making out with Susie daggers is kind of interesting once you get the full story of everything you know, further down the line, there's definitely some tension there that isn't apparent the first time you watch it because you're just like blown away that this <laughs> scene is happening. I mean, this was—I remember a friend of mine had this on video. This—that's the first time I saw this, and it would have had to have been probably like '99, like the year after it came out. I definitely did I not remember see when this I in saw the, the theater. No, I don't think I saw this probably until like 2002. <laughs> And it was quite a, an experience for me. Oh, I'm sure, yeah. Um, I'm sure lots of VHS copies of this were real worn out during this part. <laughs> just people... Re- just cause it, rewinding so many times. Because as much as you know, I made a big point of saying that a movie like this wouldn't exist in 2017, I would certainly say that movies with this level of nudity would definitely exist. It's not the nudity, it's just this particular kind of scene... I don't think even in 98 was very common. I mean, this was like, whoa, because this was not some B movie. This was oh, no, no. these this were pretty big, big movie, yeah. stars. I mean, Nev Campbell was the late 90s. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Kevin Bacon and Matt Dillon were actually considered movie stars at the time. And <laughs> the most shocking revelation on this podcast. Denise Richards wasn't completely unknown but she was probably the most unknown out of the leads of the film bill murray was obviously still a big star um so i mean this was a pretty big film with a big release and to have this kind of a it's not even a super graphic scene it's just kind of an unexpected scene yeah and the fact that The idea that these are two girls in high school. Now, I do think it's funny that whenever they're walking into the courtroom, the reporter does make it a point to somehow insert that they're both 18-year-old girls into that report so that there isn't any doubt later on when he's fucking the two of them that you're like, are they underage? No. I mean, clearly it would be insane to even suggest that they were 18, let alone even younger than that. But, you know, they made sure to put that in there. Just so there wasn't any lingering doubts. Um, now, do you think that when they were they had the script, they're doing the casting for this movie, don't you think the hope probably at one point was that like they'd have two female actresses willing to do nudity for this scene, or do you think they were always fine with just having the one? Well, I don't know if they cast necessarily based on that. I mean I yeah, I, know, I knew that but... they probably I would assume that they they knew they needed at least one you've definitely heard stories though where actresses have been cast for things and like there's been conversations like okay this role is going to require nudity i just wonder if compromise i think that would be discussed before any contracts were signed well (laughs) i guess yeah but i'm just saying what is the point that you're trying to make i guess none let's just move on (laughs) I don't know what you're saying. What are you uh, I, saying? I don't know how you don't know what I'm saying. I mean we've had several conversations. You've told me that you've known. But you're saying of that they would have casted Nev Campbell and then been like, oh, we need you to do nudity and no, she no. would be like no. No, I'm just curious if those conversations happened and if they had to change the script at all because of it. You've even well, said that I don't there's think an actor that script- had a non nudity clause for Prior to this movie. Well, I don't think it says in the script, like, specifically who's nude and who isn't. It probably just says threesome. <laughs> and then it's up to the director. Because films are like a visual, the direct, like a director's game. This wasn't written by this director. Okay. So, yeah. I'm, I'm sure the script just says threesome. It doesn't say Kelly shows her boobs. Yeah. Susie doesn't. Or something like that. So, they probably were like, all right, well, we... We need this to be a certain level of whatever you want, to, sexiness. I don't yeah. know whatever word they would use. Okay, so we need at least one pair of boobs out, right? And then they were like, "Well, we have a chance to cast Nev Campbell, but she doesn't really want to do nudity. Can we work with that?" And they're like, "Yeah, I think we can work with that for her because she's a pretty big star right now because she was just in Scream. We'll ca-, you know, I don't know who was cast first, but maybe they already knew they had Denise Richards and she would do it." or they were like, well, she Nev Campbell won't do it and we'll try to get someone that will and if they can't, we might have to use body doubles or whatever. I'm sure there's like a whole thing, but I I doubt that they put like too much time into just this one scene. I don't know, it's a pretty iconic scene. Well, it turns out Denise Richards would show her boobs three times, really. Well, they were two. Like, we're good on that. Yeah. <laughs> and so were we, so. I do like that Matt Dillon, first of all, the outfit that Denise Richards is wearing in this scene is insane. It's like basically right. a Catholic schoolgirl's outfit, and he reaches up her skirt and takes her underwear off and then just folds it up and put it in his pocket, because <laughs> <laughs> he's too classy to sniff it in yeah. front of him, but you know that's what He's waiting, I guess. You know it's weird? I'm d- not really sure what's happening there. He's going to d- keep those. Where do you think those uh, panties are now? I don't know, the Smithsonian, I hope? (laughs) I mean, there should just be like a giant exhibit. Some guy in a suit pulling out like white gloves to handle them. (laughs) They're just encased like the Hope Diamond. (laughs) Uh, Some would say that they're still in Matt Dillon's pocket to this day. Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Occasionally pulls them out. Yeah, I mean, I think I was in like 7th grade or 8th grade when this movie came out. And I do remember like girls in my class that i was friends with that had seen this movie and they were talking about matt Dillon being like some i like i had never heard of matt Dillon at that time in my life and they were talking about matt Dillon as if he's some you know 90s like heartthrob dude and i'm like oh okay matt Dillon's someone i should know not he was really definitely in a late 80s early 90s heartthrob yeah i, I do that he would be to girls in seventh grade, in the late 90s, seems crazy to me. I'm not saying you know. it was a class-wide opinion, but there was definitely one or two that <laughs> I knew... There were a couple girls bigger. that were interested in older men. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I would assume Matt Dillon is at least, what, 50 now? Yeah, I mean, really never for me to come up again after this movie. What else is he in after this? Um, Was there something about Mary after this? Uh, Yeah, that probably was after this. That probably would have been, like, 99. He had, like, a pretty big resurgence in that late 90s early 2000s i feel but maybe those are the only two and then it was over um somehow surpassed by kevin Dillon. oof (laughs) so now that everything is seemingly over and they're gonna get away with this money and lombardo says hey you know we can't ever be seen together again and blah 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 now police detective ray duquette continues to investigate lombardo he's he, he's stuck on it he flat out says to his partner and his boss like what his suspicions are he suspects the trio are working a scam together and proceeds to create and try and proceeds to try to create dissension amongst the three of them um as far as we know Susie is the weakest link and he starts to target her she's the one who has like this Supposed drug problem. She's the one that wasn't rich to begin with. Uh, Duquette kind of works on her insecurities because he puts forth the idea that Kelly, Van Ryan, and Lombardo are a couple and they're not going to want Susie hanging around, fucking it up with her, you know, drug issues and potentially unreliable character. Kelly then, in a. It's kind of a. Okay, this scene. Also, I'm not sure who this is for because it's once everything is revealed, eventually it's it's bizarre. But we'll just kind of tell tell it straightforward. So, Susie goes over to Kelly's house. She's like, "I'm starting to crack." She's like, hey, "Kelly's I, like, not again." She's like, "Are you guys gonna kill me?" <laughs> no, she, I don't know. It's like she's like, "I don't know what's happening. This is fucked up." And then, uh, I guess Kelly calls Sam. Lombardo and they kinda of have this discussion and Susie's there and then he's telling them to like cool out and then things are getting heated and then Susie and Kelly have their own little proceed fun. to have a fight. Well like Kelly starts slapping oh, yeah. Susie. It's it's an absurd scene because I mean I'm sure Denise Richards is taller than Nev Campbell, but it, it definitely doesn't look like Denise Richards will be able to beat up Nev Campbell <laughs> in any way, shape, or form. Yet she's just dominating her. She's smacking her around and holding her head underwater and all that shit. Meanwhile, and Duquette is watching yeah, this and doing filming a it. Overtime for his police job so with like, his own personal camera. So you have to wonder who does it's like, well, does Susie know that Duquette is watching this? Well, alright, we'll get to that later. So Duquette is filming it, then it turns into a, like a basically a lesbian sex scene in the pool. Which do you get the implication that Sue like they're trying to play it in a way that Susie is kind of into Kelly and Kelly's like playing off of that? I don't know what. I think I, later It's in it a seems scene between, like Kelly has the upper hand here. Well it seems right? like in a scene between Lombardo and Gloria later that Lombardo. Now, I don't know what part of this is for show because it's hard. It, there's the <laughs> everything in this movie then becomes blurred where you're no longer sure what's real and what's part of some sort of con. <laughs> but it seems like you can't make a final judgment on anything because it seems like they use real life stuff in their con to make it seem more believable. Oh, right. So, I'm going to jump to this because it's it's a little bit later in the film, but I think it kind of applies here where he shows The cop, Gloria, Kelly Van Ryan's file that he has as her guidance counselor. For some reason, he's a file on everybody, (laughs) which, of course, doesn't really make any sense. But in that, he kind of frames it where she's possibly bisexual or a lesbian. And that she had some sort of a relationship with another student that went south, which, of course, is supposed to be Susie. Yeah, okay. So he kind of tries to pin it on her that she might be more into it, too. Right, So it's kind of like, well, everybody's kind of sexual orientation is kind of up in the air. <laughs> and even more so in the original script, which we'll get to later. Okay, so, yeah, I mean, just incredible. We had a threesome that involved some girl on girl kissing. Now full-on lesbian sex scene. I mean, 15-year-old me, I could have just Having died. Having time. I could have just died after seeing this. This was yeah. everything. We wish you so, would have. <laughs> Especially whenever you're you're asking me some question about nudity that I still don't know what we are going for Lombard shocking to me because you bring it up you bring up conversations sp- like I that don't all know the what time. What the question is though? Okay. What was the question? You've told me for like certain movies or TV shows that there's been conversations like, okay, well this uh, role may require nudity, and you've also told me that actors have had like no nudity clauses in contracts. Yes. So both of those things are true. I was asking if anything like that played into the casting of this movie. Okay. Well, I think how I answered it worked. I agree. Um, I don't know. How would I know that? (laughs) Because you're usually the person that knows if anyone does. well, I I know that, Nev Campbell did have a no nudity clause and it was stuck to, and Kevin Bacon also did and it was not stuck to, but he was a producer also. <laughs> so this, anything so. can happen, really. Lombardo and Kelly then uh, convince Susie to come to a secret beach meeting. Actually, it's more like a trick. Because <laughs> a it's, secret beach meeting? Well, it's more like a trick. Only in the suburbs of Miami. Because Kelly and Susie seem to be like hanging out, and uh, Susie was under the impression they were going to a movie, but Kelly drives them to a beach. Lombardo is there. Uh, As it's then, going on, though, we, this is what I meant by like Kelly having the upper hand. It seems like trying to get Susie fucked up. We even get kind of like the date, rape, drug effect on the camera where we get her point of view and it's all like woozy. Right. Yeah. And I mean, I think that is probably correct that Kelly thinks that since she's the hot, popular girl in school and Susie's kind of a loser, that like. Kelly must be, you know, in love with her. Yeah. And can kind of control the power dynamic. When obviously the whole time she's being worked, but so Lombardo then kills Susie in the most practical of ways. With what, a champagne bottle? Yeah. And then that this occurs off screen, but then he does they wrap her body in plastic and then he disposes of the body in a swamp. Yeah. And then I guess Susie's who we assume is like her relative it's the woman at the alligator wrestling (laughs) park they report her missing Duquette and Gloria then investigate Susie's disappearance uh I'm not really sure they kind of like skip over some of the police work but it seems that based off of the sailing class and some of his interaction and some of Lombardo's interactions with students they figure out that this beach is the place where he might go. they find Susie's blood and teeth on the beach. her it's car just is giant found. chompers really it's like good <laughs> Lord I mean, well they wanted to make <laughs> sure it was clear things? yeah <laughs> to the last row of the theater uh, <laughs> they find her car at a bus terminal, so then you know there's a possibility for her running away, but obviously it's kind of yeah you know, whatever. Duquette's going all over town trying to figure out what happens and people are like, who cares? This girl's trash. We don't need her here. I mean, can we get another serial reference in here? Jay takes them to the car. (laughs) It's like, well, how would Jay know where the car is? Uh, (laughs) The DA uh, is adamant that Duquette leave Lombardo alone. Now this, okay, I watched this on my own and then, when you watched it, I rewatched some of it. I n- neither time was I convinced that this made sense. Why is the DA so adamant that to leave them alone to like back off? Because now, okay, I guess they're just I guess the so whole embarrassed the rape thing. Fine, forget it. Stop. But now they have a missing girl that's who's true. being r- that needs reported to be investigated. Missing. Yeah. And they find this blood and some teeth I guess in maybe, a place where they've yeah, that's true. concocted yeah. the idea that Lombardo would be a... Po- I mean, even if like he's like, hey, you know, be cool. You can investigate him as a don't possible make a scene. suspect. Don't yeah. do anything crazy. But the fact that he's just like, no, don't, don't film do him from afar. <laughs> well that's true. He did show them the porno that he filmed. It's <laughs> like what are you doing? <laughs> yeah. Hanging outside the property filming these high school girls in a pool. Well, if I know if I was there, I'd be like, "Well, let's at least finish it. Yeah. <laughs> let's at least fi- see what you." Do you have here. any more tapes? So Duquette then asks Gloria to watch Lombardo instead, and that, of course, is when Lombardo invites her in and and shows her that file on Kelly, kind of uh, the seduction master at work here. Yeah, I mean that was like very. There was a lot of like sexual tension going on in that scene. It yeah, definitely felt like, like it I was, was ready about for to it to escalate. I could have used, like, one more scene with that uh, female cop. Yeah, she was wearing some, like, just absurd, like, lacy see-through tops. Not, like, I mean, she'd have a shirt on underneath the the lacy thing. Right. But, like, it was just bizarre. A lot of clothing. HR reports in that. <laughs> <laughs> Police yeah. department. She, yeah, she's wearing no shirt or bra underneath that, like, <laughs> lacy see-through <laughs> thing. It's like, I don't know if that's Let's appropriate. Let's go investigate some shit. So it's upon reading this file that... Uh, she That Gloria discovers that Kelly is a deeply troubled and violent girl, uh, which was made much worse by her father's suicide. Which wasn't clear from the fact that she falsely accused someone of rape. So, meanwhile, Duquette goes to Kelly's house to possibly confront her, R.E., Susie, or potentially protect her from Lombardo. It's not even really clear in the context of what's happening in that moment as a viewer what he's going there for he buzzes on the intercom i guess to the main house and sandra lets him in for some reason kelly is staying in the guest house which also is not really explained <laughs> yeah. i mean she does call lombardo at one point and tell him that she's staying in the guest house and she's he's saying, like good stay there mind. yeah <laughs> but it's not really who knows what's <laughs> yeah, happening. why would he react to that like perfect other than it kind of you know makes what happens next easier well, yeah, yeah. It, there's really no explanation as to why so kelly ad, a, attacks him and shoots him in the arm and duquette has to kill her but in self-defense now it should be pointed out all of this is off screen just like when now kelly was mur- or Susie was murdered about this part in particular when you don't know what happens and you're just watching this you are like what the fuck is he doing he's completely gone off the reservation just deciding that he's gonna barge in there and and then all of a sudden you just hear gunfire and it seems like he had to initiate it. You know what I, yeah, mean? I mean? It's even without crazy because it. even though they tried to plant a little bit of a seed that maybe Kelly's like unhinged a little bit, it doesn't seem even remotely possible that she would just start shooting at a cop for right. no reason. So yeah, I mean some of the threads of this kind of come unraveled a little bit and you start to question it. Um, Duquette is dismissed from the force for disobeying orders and but nothing else happens i mean it's not like anything criminal is going to happen to him um, yeah because they do point out in his review that it was ruled a clean shooting yes and, and then they're like but you are fired <laughs> i mean <laughs> you just did, well, they do say girls. this is the second time this has happened and that of course also factors into yeah. what's really going on here um and then kind of unceremoniously the whole van Ryan clan and part of the story is kind of just Cut from the narrative. At oh this yeah, point, and we don't really d- deal with the Van Ryans in any way, shape, or form from this point forward. So Lombardo then returns to his beach bungalow to find Duquette taking a shower. So this <laughs> is another bizarre, kind of a s- stunning sight. It's just like, okay, so now Lombardo's on the beach. Everything's kind of worked out. Both the girls that were a problem are now gone. And wait, oh here's. That cop and he's just taking a shower, really kind of gaying up the place too. He's just like, <laughs> well, "What's up, partner?" Yeah, just he's like, "Dong flying around." <laughs> yeah, it's kind of a, an insane moment to have just a Kevin Bacon's wiener just flopping into that oh, scene. Oh, I know. A yeah, it really uh, brought the whole picture together. <laughs> now, uh, as I mentioned before, in the kind of original version of this script, this was supposed to be them taking a shower together. <laughs> And I guess, Which would have been unbelievable. And I think they were at this point. It was kind of just like, all right. I mean, it's just way too over the top at this point. Yeah, just too many people <laughs> switching. Just everything. Just <laughs> sexual too much. orientations. Just too much. So it turns out that they were partners all along. But Lombardo is not happy that Kelly was killed. No, she was never that supposed wasn't to be. Part that was of the never plan. part of the plan, as he says a million times. <laughs> Yeah, he can't let it go. He was like, you shouldn't have killed Kelly, though. But Duquette kind of rightly points out, like, well, hey, one less loose end to worry about. Right. Although, that's the thing that... But he even kind of tries to sell it to Lombardo, his bullshit story, right? I guess, but... Doesn't he say, like, what can I do? The bitch attacked me, or something like that. Yeah, which wasn't true. I know. Well, they got into a fight, but... Well, I guess because even to Lombardo, he's trying to sell it a little bit because... I think he got it he went into business for himself a little bit and was like, I'm gonna get rid of this girl. But if him and Lombardo had a conversation beforehand, Lombardo would have been like, No, Kelly lives. I love her. <laughs> well, I think have you seen Kelly? I think Duquette as a cop was just thinking, Well, if we can get rid of her with the the popular thinking right now being that she single handedly killed Susie. Yeah. That takes all future pressure off of us of anything possible. No one's gonna be looking for shit. I was fired from the force. People will think I'm just a bartender somewhere now. Yeah. So then for some reason, which I'm I can't really wrap my mind around, Duquette agrees to go fishing on Lombardo's sailboat with him out in the middle of the ocean. Which it's like, dude, what are you doing? Tension building here though, even beforehand there's a lot of like mistrust. Yeah, and lombardo who's like a matt Dillon, not really acting very casual it's like what's well, like kind come of, on buddy let's go for uh a boat ride he's kind of like set up as like this great sailor and obviously duquette doesn't know anything about sailing so then it's kind of like lombardo's kind of like you know bossing him around on the boat like do this do that and all this shit and and basically he tries to kill duquette by making him lean over to try to get something on the side of the boat and then he you know turns the wheel really abruptly and so he'll fall out which seems crazy that that could actually happen but I mean, yeah. i'm sure it can and then although it doesn't but he manages the to job hang on, yeah. and he climbs back on and they're like he you know he's got some sort of weapon uh, the some sort of crankshaft thing i guess that's part of the boat and he's swinging it at lombardo and it's at that moment that Susie appears and kills Duquette, and du- Duquette has that By great shooting line. shooting him with what? Like a spear gun. Yeah. And Duquette has that great line where he's just like, you're you're dead, <laughs> <laughs> but you're dead. Yeah, even... As he's getting like shot in the He wouldn't ocean. realize that it was part of the con, you know? I mean, he's been part of a con. Yeah, nobody. Why would you think she was actually dead? Right. Although, okay, so... Now that we've revealed, because we wanted to work through it, now that we've revealed Susie's still alive, I wanted to just go back to the point where she was killed in the film. They do show her wrapped in plastic and put into the back of the trunk. Yeah. How did they do that? I don't know. How was she breathing? He, and he just puts her in the swamp, too? Well, that is the moment when he could have like just freed her because right, let her Kelly go. doesn't go with him. <laughs> Of, like it's 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 in Kelly's like, mom's rover. When I Range tell rover. you to bury a body in the swamp, you bury it in the fucking swamp. <laughs> <laughs> so like she doesn't actually see what happens whenever he carries her into the swamp or whatever. I guess so like maybe that's he, the point. He, I don't have a problem with that part, but the part I guess she's could she's wrapped up in the trunk. Carefully wrapped her up in a way to leave her a little like breathing hole. So it turns out that. Now we're down to Susie and Lombardo and they're still on the boat. Susie pours them both drinks, and then Lombardo is instantly suspicious of this drink. This is what I don't really get about the end of this. If they're such like partners and he trusts her from the beginning and she trusted him to bring like she brought him into this whole thing, but his immediate instinct is to suspect that she's gonna like backstab him, then why would he even like, why wouldn't have he developed his own plan? You know what I mean? Like, if he's going into this thinking like, Alright, I don't think I can trust this girl, why wouldn't have he developed his own little contingency plan for the end of this? Because as soon as she hands him a drink, he's like, I better sniff this to see if there's poison in it which apparently he doesn't have a great nose for. <laughs> yeah. Well, why would he take it why would he end up sipping it if he thought that it might be poisonous? Right. I know. Why wouldn't you just be like, no, thanks, I'm not thirsty. (laughs) Yeah, I do agree. I was thinking, well, maybe because Kelly got killed, and that was like his insurance policy. But Kelly thinks Susie's killed, so if Kelly, even if Kelly was still alive, and now possibly getting in trouble for Susie's death or whatever, then. What is she going to be able to do? She'll just think Lombardo went missing, but she won't actually know that Susie was still alive in the first place. Yeah, yeah, I mean, there was no insurance policy. I don't know what he's thinking. Right. And it is eventually, okay, so that's pretty much the end of the film, is (laughs) Susie is alive. She won the day. She wins. She poisons Lombardo on the boat. She gets the money, because it's now all... In cash, right? I guess. Yeah, I don't know, actually. Well, she has right? Bowden in on it. Oh, that's the true. The lawyer. Yeah, I forgot. What well, We get one last Bill Murray appearance. Yeah, the very end. Now, that, that happens in the um, ending sequence scenes. Um, but before we get to that, there's a little bit more that's kind of intercut to this end of the film. And this is in the unrated version. Um, it's Gloria, the other cop, going to the trailer park where Susie lived. And she's talking to the woman that she thought was Susie's grandmother who turns out to not even be related to Susie, but she did raise her. turns out that Kelly's great, or no, Kelly's grandfather had a... Bit of a wild side? Like a secret side chick that was kind of like trailer trash in Florida. He knocked her up and dumped her in this trailer park. That girl was pregnant, ends up dying after giving birth, but the baby survived. The baby turned out to be Susie. A lot of make post uh, birth deaths that just factor into various plot lines (laughs) for movies and shows. So that makes Susie, Sandra Van Ryan's half sister, and Kelly her niece. So, So Kelly. Everything for this podcast coming full circle, incest very much apart. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you didn't think that we would get through an episode without bringing up some sort of ancestral thing. Uh, I find this to be incredibly erotic. <laughs> I don't know. I just, I find it to be like an insane it is. It's addition shocking to the end they would of this put film. This in, I mean, as if they didn't have enough. Well, I can see this. This is why it didn't probably make it into the theatrical because it's kind of like you're going to throw that on us, too. But in the unrated thing, they kind of added this back in. It kind of gives some context. And then, like, something that seemed to be more of a trend probably in 1998 than it would be now, instead of just one bonus scene that starts once the credits have started, which you know, a lot of comedies still pull that movie out. Oh, yeah. But this was like, the, the credits will go, then it'll cut to a scene, then some credits, then another scene. So yeah, we kind of got these like jump back and forth. Filling in a lot of the backstory. So we learned that, and this actually might be even before the ending sequence scenes, but... We we learned that Susie had an IQ of like two hundred and is just a genius and was the real mastermind and now she's got all the money. So now we're gonna kind of put it together. What exactly happened? Susie had been sleeping with Lombardo, but then wait, I missed that. I didn't realize that. I thought they were. I thought they did have a real for, like friendship. No, he, he was, was actually Lombardo was fucking her. Susie first. Okay, but then when he didn't bail her out after duquette busted her for drugs she discovered when she got out she discovered he was now fucking kelly van Ryan and was like oh he didn't answer my call because he was busy having sex that weekend which he could have missed the call for well no any i don't I, I thought that i thought that at first too but i i don't think that's necessarily what we're supposed to take out oh okay but he just didn't do it and then when she got out finally she then on top of not being bailed out then found out right this other shit was going on so yeah. then she had revenge on her mind the reason she got busted was because she witnessed Duquette murder her friend Davey and Davey got murdered by Duquette because Duquette used to visit a prostitute who worked in that trailer park who he was in love with but would beat up <laughs> and Duquette's got quite the past yeah Duquette is like a, just a there's a lot of sociopaths in this movie, apparently, <laughs> but like he seems like just a complete ass. Yep. So he was like beating up this girl. Davy witnessed it. He kills Davy, but then <laughs> Susie witnesses that. So I guess he's like, well, I can't just keep killing everybody, right? So I'm gonna like arrest Susie just to show her, you know, who the boss is. Yeah. And I guess like for whatever reason, I guess Susie got the message that well, they're not gonna believe me. That he's the one that kills Davy. Yeah, I don't know. It's absurd. So, so then she that launches her into like a Zach Morris type revenge plot that's well, multi tiered. F- yeah, her first step is to take pictures of Lombardo fucking Kelly in a hotel or something, and that and when she's confronting Lombardo with the pictures, that's a particularly funny part because she's like, I yeah. don't know what came out better, something. What did she say? I can't remember. Something, something, or the dildo you shoved in her ass. <laughs> I mean, it's like, it's pretty intense. Now, I do like, though, I, I like the idea that Lombardo is just, like, in love with Kelly. Yeah, I don't know if he was, though. Yeah, maybe not. Well, because he, he seemed pretty... Bringing, f- what? He keeps seeming like he's legitimately like, what the fuck, well, man? Well, he liked her. He didn't Kelly? want her to kill her, but he wasn't going to stay and be with her, and she wasn't going to get any of the money.
1: Okay,
0: yeah, <laughs> I mean she was gonna be cut out of this deal, I think, because I think the whole point originally was to maybe try to make it so that it looked like she killed Susie. which oh, is why right. he showed Gloria the thing that made her seem crazy, yeah, so that's true, so once she reveals these pictures to Lombardo, Susie then blackmails him into joining her on this scheme that she has, so his her first step then. Is to have Lombardo meet Duquette at that shitty bar in the swamps where they so like we're supposed to take it that even though the first thing we see revealed is the trio of Susie Kelly and Lombardo with this rape thing, it starts actually with Duquette and Lombardo at a bar, yeah, but before that Kelly's go make a or, friend. Susie's the one that tells him to go make a friend and yeah. start this up so then. We kind of get intercut to some other stuff, and we see like Kelly didn't really attack Duquette in the guest house, obviously. He breaks in, she tries to run, he grabs her, throws her to the ground, and then breaks into like, for some reason, they have a, a gun case, like a glass oh, thing, in, in, in this the guest, guest house. house. <laughs> Which makes now that I'm thinking about it, makes no sense. Right. Why would that be in there? It's basically like a glorified pool house where people go to, you know, change before they jump in the pool or have sexual they encounters have with Demone. A fucking arsenal in there. So he smashes the glass, takes one of the Van Ryan's guns, shoots her with his gun twice first, but then from her dead hand makes it so that she shoots him in the shoulder. Right. And it's like a Ridiculous yeah, ridiculous thing. Yeah, so you know it all shakes out, gets explained somewhat, and it ends with her meeting up with uh, Kenneth Bowden and getting all the money, and that's where we kind of leave it off. So Susie wins out in the end. So, but Sus- yeah, once you know that Susie is the mastermind, a lot of those scenes don't make sense, and who you you have you are left wondering who are they for? Whose benefit is she acting for? So who? Did okay. she want to make – I guess you could make the case that, A, she knew Duquette would be filming them or at least watching them. <laughs> yeah, because and who, B, who wouldn't be? <laughs> B, she needed to make it so that Kelly would get on board for killing her. She needed Kelly to think – That she had the that, upper hand. That Kelly – well, she needed to convince Kelly that her and Lombardo needed to kill Susie. Yep. She needed her to, like, buy into that for this all to work because if Lombardo just up and decides to, quote, unquote, kill Susie and Kelly's not on board for it, everything could unravel. So they need – so that could potentially explain that. Oh, yeah. But it's still, like – was she, like – whenever, you know, they get into that, like, uh, slap fight in the pool <laughs> or and she, it, Kelly's holding her head underwater, is, is Susie, like, throwing that fight? Or is she like? Is there the potential that Kelly might actually drown her in that moment? It's well, like, the, yeah, then things would go horribly awry. But I don't know. Susie's whole motivation for this from the get go is to get uh, Duquette, right? Basically, and she wants the money. But this is mostly a revenge plot. Yes, it's about it's an exacting revenge, killing on, poor Davy on Duquette and Lombardo. And I guess by that's extension... It's like Lombardo, because he couldn't bail her out of jail. Well, no, because he he was fucking her. And I guess you're supposed to understand that Susie was into him. But talk about harboring was, resentment for a long time and just well, how much long t- con. Well, how much time has gone by? They're only 18 now. I don't know. So he was fucking them when they were like 16, 17? Maybe, but it's just like <laughs> she's just keeping this... In holding on she's to it. She's a scorned woman. At no point is she like, you know what? Maybe I've taken this whole thing a bit too far. And I mean, she can't even. She had a lot Lombardo. of time out there in the swamp. There was never like trailer. a time where she was like, if she's so hooked on on Lombardo, she wouldn't be like, well, maybe I shouldn't kill him. Maybe I should give him another chance here. We're rich. We're on a boat. Kelly's dead. <laughs> yeah. She's out of the picture. I guess. Well, at that point, she didn't like care about him anymore. And she yep. wanted all the money for herself. Well, it does seem that, like, one of the morals of the story is about everybody having their own, being unable to control their own greed. Everybody kind of, at a certain point, does something more than they would have to. Because (laughs) there is a part of you that's like, well, why don't they just stop with this rape thing? Why doesn't... Why didn't Susie just make a plan with just Kelly and Lombardo? They each get a couple million. You know, they could all... They're set. Yeah. Do whatever they w- want at that point. But no, it had to be more. She had to get Duquette involved so that, you know, she could kill him. I and, like I, also that, like, one of the secret parts about her con is that, like, she actually knows how to operate a sailboat. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because, <laughs> yeah, we, part see, of it. we see that guy set, like... Because that's supposed to be your first clue, because that I think that part is in the regular cut. Okay. Even though that's yeah. part of the scene where she learns about uh, Susie's true anse- – <laughs> she does, like, an Ancestry.com search on Susie. <laughs> you know, she learns about Susie's heritage there, but then she sees that guy with that brand-new expensive truck, which uh-huh. obviously looks more expensive than anything else in that trailer park. Yeah. And she's, like – she does say, like, oh, that's a nice truck – and he's got that boat hooked up to it, and it's, he's selling that boat. And she's like, oh, are you selling that boat? And she's like, or that guy's like, oh, no, this is Susie's boat. And so that's that's like your clue yeah. then that Susie has already. She's a nautical woman. That, that that Susie's already been passing some of this money off to these people because yeah. they got this truck. And then, you know, in that scene with Bowden at the end, she does say that Ruby, who's the woman and whatever that guy's name is, they get a million or something like that. Okay. Bowden lays out where all the money's yep, going. Yep. He says a million for Ruby and whatever. Which, I mean, the quality of life for those people, skyrocketing. So, I would say, then, the implication is they know that she's alive. Yep. And that they probably are somewhat in on it because they reported her missing to the police. So, you know. But anyway. A lot of things at play here. lot going on with Wild Things. It's a wild ride, that Wild Things. So, next week's episode, Wild Things 2... Which was a listener request. Wild Things 2 is just called Wild Things 2, and I think Wild Things 3 is like Diamonds in the Rough (laughs) or something like that, and Wild Things 4 is Wild Things Foursome. So, yeah, we're going to hit up all three sequels. (laughs) Lots of boobs in them. Um, Yeah, I mean, God. I would kill for like a legit remake of this movie. Yeah. And you're like... It hasn't even been twenty years yet, but I think. 20, well, what, what difference does that make? I, know, I mean, they've I rebooted Spider-Man years, three times since then. I do think Spider-Man is a potentially more valuable property <laughs> to a studio. than, than Wild things. But think about it. Wild things. Alexander Daddario. Oh my God. Ana de Armas. Is Alexander Daddario playing a high schooler? Yeah, <laughs> both, both <laughs> Ana of them de are. De <laughs> Yeah That'd be some idea. Keanu Reeves <laughs> As the Matt Dillon part <laughs> Oh man I was thinking like Bella Thorne And I don't know Who would be the Bella Thorne would be like The Denise Richards But who would be the Nev Campbell Anna Kendrick <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking maybe Emma Roberts Oh yeah That would be good It's like the scream Connection Yeah David Arquette is Kevin Bacon. (laughs) (laughs) All right, yeah. I mean, I'm sure a lot of our listeners really appreciate our Scream Four references. (laughs) We're probably the only podcast out there today that gives a shit about Scream Four. Okay, so isn't this movie kind of uh, in the same vein as another movie that we've done on the podcast, The Hot Spot? I, I, when we were watching wild things, I was kind of like this is this kind of has that same feel, yeah, well, I would definitely describe the hotspot as like an erotic thriller, yeah, <laughs> I don't maybe thriller is the wrong word for hotspot, okay, this just de- erotic, this one definitely has more murder in it, yeah, the hot spot more nudity, yeah, more frequently anyway, yeah, okay. Good lord, The Hotspot is just a special, special movie. Go yeah. back and listen to that one. I mean, when you think about it, what kind of high school is this? Oh, I know. You have two fully grown women, <laughs> one of which has a pretty sizable and obvious boob job. It, one of them is generally accepted as what trash is by all the people at the school. <laughs> it's like, that's trash? That's from the wrong side of the tracks? And, you know, your guidance counselor is fucking two students. And, I mean, when you kind of get the full story and it goes back far enough, it's like, was he having sex with them when they were, like, 16, 17? I mean, what kind of Yeah, When did it all this? go arrive from Lombardo? You know what I mean? It's yeah, like, there should be a prequel. At, at some point, he was... Uh, on the path to becoming a high school guidance counselor, I mean, was he just, like, surrounded by temptation and eventually broke? Or did he just, like, first off, or he was like, yeah? Well, I mean- you know, whenever I was, like, first out of... or I, when, I was still in college, and I had a friend who was pretty fresh out of college and was becoming a teacher, and he was, like, substituting at some of the uh, high schools in the area... And, I mean, he would have been whatever just out of high school age. So this wasn't the worst thing ever. But he was talking about how, like, some of the hot chicks in class, like, their thongs would be, like, hanging out, like, you know, <laughs> sitting at their desks or whatever. And he was just, like, you know, overwhelmed by what was by what was happening. So, I mean, I Hansen's guess. his resignation. <laughs> you know. But I guess it's kind of an insane thing, though, because Lombardo's not. You know, twenty two or twenty three. Like, what's the girl from uh election, Tracy Flick or whatever? Yeah. <laughs> it's like that. Alright, so I'm gonna just go ahead and say it. Our next episode will be a listener request. That's right. Our first one. Get excited. I don't. We're not going to say when it's going to post. It may not be the usual day. It may be earlier. So get ready. Keep on that iTunes feed. Uh, you have one more week to, to uh, get your suggestion in. We're going to add it to our list. Um, follow the show on Twitter at Greatest Pod. Make sure you're subscribed. Tell a friend. Get ready for the Greatest October, in the History of Forever, and anything else, Matt. No, absolutely not. All right. <laughs> we'll see you next time. Now, what was this question? <laughs> Ha 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 some news, we have a new crew member today, Denise. Hi, everyone. So I thought it'd be fun if we all went around and said our name and a little something about ourselves. I'll start. My name is Rod, and I like to party. All right, Dave, you're up. Uh, Hi, Uh, my name is Dave, and uh, I like to party. Uh, No, Dave, I just said that I party, so maybe do something different for me. My name is Dave, and I... I am the stunt man. You know what? Let's move on. Rico, you're up. Uh, hello. I'm Rico, and I like to party. Yeah, uh, Rico, what did I just say to Dave? Who? Dave! I like to party. I'm Rod. No, you're Kevin. Right. Kevin. I party. No. No, you don't. Okay, nobody parties but me. Yes. And we party. No! Yeah, just Rod. Yes. And me. No! I'm the only one who parties. I'm pretty sure I've partied before. No, Kevin, I know for a fact you don't party, okay? You do not party. You're right. Dave's a party guy. <laughs> Sweet. Oh, my God. Shut up, okay?